G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice Podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the Farms Vice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Vice and let's get into this episode. Welcome back to the Farms Vice Podcast set myself a little bit of a challenge to start the podcast in a different way than just g'day. So welcome back to the Farms Vice podcast. This time we'll be connecting a bit of with my community with Sandra Irison. I actually met Sandra in the Red Meat Ambassador program and I thought it'd be pretty good to get those that I met from the program to get them to come on board and tell me a little bit about their experiences but also how their idea has been shaped and formed into growing the red meat sector. Great program, check it out, run by MLA and the team there, so have a look for the next cohort. Um, but yeah, let's get into this episode and see what Sandra's all about. Sandra, welcome to the Farms Vice podcast. Great to have you on the show, but also great to reconnect after our red meat ambassador program. Great. Thanks, um, Jack. Um, thanks for having me. And yeah, great to meet you at our Red Meat program too. And um, love listening to your Farms Advice podcast. It's great. Yes, I've always been keen to sort of prop up the red meat industry and specifically for us, we're sheep producers. So that as well and see how we can get out there a little bit more as well. So it was great to meet like a couple of other keen people within the industry. Um, so we, we met there. Sandra, and that probably tells a few people about your background in red meat. But do you want to elaborate on that and tell us a bit about your connection to agriculture and what your background is? Sure. Thanks, Jack. Um, yeah, so I grew up in the Snowy Mountains of the Monero near Cooma uh, on a family farm there. I'm actually now the seventh generation, sixth generation. Yeah, so um, got it in my blood and uh, then married, uh, went to uni, uh, studied agriculture. Uh, wasn't many girls studying it back in those days. It was probably about 30 odd years ago, giving away my age. Uh, um, and then I yeah uh, ended up working for CSL, uh, which um, did veterinary vaccines uh, for a couple of years and then uh, moved out to the Hay District uh, where I met uh, my husband and uh, we then um, now are on a beef um, and sheep cattle property with some irrigation on the Lower Lachlan River, north of Hay. Uh, on the saltbush plains out here. So that's sort of my connection uh, with agriculture. So have sort of either worked or been on a farm all my life. Um, and, yeah, we have three adult children here now too, as well as, yeah, our cattle and, and sheep. Beautiful. And I sort of know the answer, but which way do you sort of tend towards the irrigation, cropping and, and or the livestock? Uh, yeah, well, so our irrigation is very um, just for pastures. We don't, we haven't had a lot of allocation over the last sort of 20 years. So, um, yeah, the cattle, livestock. Um, I grew up on a sheep, merino sheep property, but I tell you what, I kind of love cattle better than sheep now. Actually, I'm not a fan of sheep, which I probably should be. But, um, yeah, yeah, beef cattle all the way. You're, you're on the wrong podcast then. But, no, <laughs> we won't hold you to that. Um for your farming operation, what you've got there at home, what does that look like for you? Okay, so 
Um, it's my husband and I working here full time. Um, I obviously I do a few little um, sideline gigs as well um, with um, um, Hay Inc. program and um, I have done for tourism and economic development and um, events and things like that over the years too. So uh, that's been great. So, yeah, as I said, we have three adult children. They are all either studying ag or working, um, have studied ag and working in the industry. They're not at home on the farm as yet. Succession planning is definitely something we're going to be looking into very shortly and um, how we can make that a, a smooth process. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's sort of us out here, um, yeah, on the Hay Plains, but it's uh, all going pretty well. Beautiful. And you mentioned the Hay Inc. Tell us a little bit about this because it's what we were talking about at the Red Meat program about what you're doing and how training up is vital for our regional and rural communities. What is it? Yeah, so Hay Inc is a rural education program that we started nine years ago. Um, it was a group of us in Hay that realised that there was a big loss of young people into the district. When I moved into the Hay district and had my first child, I turned around one day and realised that 12 of my friends who had had children at the same time had left the district. So we had a whole, a big gap in age group um, as well, so that 18 and plus um, 8 to 25 were missing. Uh, and then a lot of the buy-ups of national parks and water buy-ups um, had changed the demographic of uh, landowners in the district too. So the big stations that had, you know, you know five, six, seven, ten jackaroos, jillaroos, uh, had all changed their management styles and that pulled a lot of young people out of the community. But it also changed the way that young people got a, a, a pathway into the industry as well. So their way to learn new skills, to see if they like the job um, and connect with the, with um, other young people in the industry and and mentors through the, through the program of working on big stations. So we got together and we set up a non-for-profit called Hay Incorporated um, and from that we were lucky to get some startup funding from Australian Wool Innovation who have supported us as our key partner right through for the nine years we've been going. Um, and we trained, yeah, 15 young people, 18 to 25 years. Uh, well, we do a 15-day program, um, three-week blocks, so one week in Feb, one week in March, one week in June to fit in with the, the calendar of livestock operations and our training is delivered by uh, some industry professionals, uh, retired farmers. Uh, we also use Tokau Ag College for some of our workplace health and safety training, quad bikes and things like that. So it's a great way to um, connect young people uh, that may never have had experience on a farm before, uh, come from the city, they may have a little bit of interest, but um, for them to try it out and see if it's something they want to do. But we've also um, developed the program a lot to pass on skills to young people that are already working in the industry um, and, and hone their skills and their networks and, their, and get some mentoring for them as well. So we have an alumni now of 130 young people that we keep connected through a closed Facebook page and um, it's great because we keep in touch with them and pass on um, opportunities and information to them and we've had um, two alumni networking events where they've got come back to Hay and got back together again which has been really good too so uh, and I was fortunate with that program to uh, receive the Rural Women Agri Futures Rural Women's Award in 2017 to roll it out into a document to um, so other communities could take up and do a similar program, and that's called Engage Ag. And there's a group up in Queensland at Emerald doing similar now, and some in South Australia too. So uh, it's great to see that there are other communities um, doing a similar program, and uh, the National Farmers sort of Career Ag started sort of followed the model that we sort of started nine years ago too. 
they're fantastic and probably it's great to have like templates. I try even for our own farm, but for others, set up structures and processes and create a template that can be manipulated to every sort of scenario, whatever sort of farm background you're coming from. Um, as well as that, but like that connection, I went to TAFE Western here and I just did um, Cert 3, I think, in my gap year just to, um, I don't know, do something throughout my gap year. But like that connection, surprisingly enough, like that TAFE group is pretty well connected and we're dispersed right across New South Wales and even Oz now. I mean, we're all doing different things, but all still within ag as well. I think that's probably the best bit of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the people connection is what's so important with it and that's, um, you know, our point of difference with, you know, we we dis design the training program of what we think um, and what we know from landholders and employers, what they want their young people to learn. But it's that networking and young people getting together and especially if you're straight out of school and you sort of want to find your people that you want to hang out with, um, it's a great way to connect. And as, as we've got young people right across Australia doing our program that have done our program too, it's a similar sort of thing. And I think those connections that you can make early on in your career can, you know, help you for the rest of your life. Yeah, and that, uh, that connection probably helps a lot with retention and keeping people in ag. If you didn't have those going through the same struggles, challenges, and even successes, you wouldn't really want to stick around, would you? So it's probably better to hold someone's hand along the same sort of journey, um, whether it be that 15 day or even that year long course sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and because the structures sort of changed, you know, there used to be, I, and I guess they still have this up in the north, lot, big stations with a lot of young people working on them, but um, all my children have worked up on stations in the in Territory or Queensland. So um, it, like down here when that structure changed, you know, you sort of might be one or two people just out on a station long way, you know, 100 k's from town and social media has helped now with that connection and then they can catch up on weekends. Otherwise, yeah, it can be pretty isolating, pretty lonely, and somewhere you probably don't want to hang out for a long time. So that retention of keeping them in, you know, in the community um, and on their farms is is really important. Certainly. And what sort of outcomes are they measurable outcomes um, that you've received, or is it getting people in jobs in regional Australia? What is it? Well, it's um we keep in touch. I, I um keep in touch with them quite well, so we know who's still working in ag or who's living in a you know rural um industry. Some may have you know have done the week, week training the program and then said, well, actually, ag's probably not for me, but they are still living in a or working in a rural regional town. Um, but you know, I'd say probably about eighty five percent are working in agriculture, uh, as well. So and and moving up through their careers, some you know maybe still studying, and that will be part of a university degree, um, or some other form of study. That, as you said, cert two, three, four. Um, so yeah, the retention is actually really good. So uh, it's great to see that um, that that they're staying in ag and it's um, a career they want to be in. Yeah, absolutely. But also for those that didn't, that fifteen percent or so, they've actually got an understanding of this as well. And we spoke about a red meat program about that sort of outside variant, like having someone that knows about the red meat industry or someone about the ag industry yet. Yeah that person is actually that person that others can rely on if they don't know anyone, if you know what I mean. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. They, at least they've got that understanding of, you know, first where their food comes from. And, yeah, they may, you know, they've had that one year maybe working jackarooing or jillarooing in the, in the Hay District and then gone on and done something else. But they've had that understanding to take that with them throughout their lives. And, 
Um, I guess for me, my passion and where I came from to start up this program was that back in 2011, 2012, when the live export ban happened in the Northern Territory, I uh, had um, family members up there as well, but um, we noticed, you know, that I turned around and realised that young people aren't understanding where their food comes from, how it's produced, um, and that's something that really needed to change. And I think with that live export ban really made us as an industry turn around and go, we need to educate people where their food comes from. And I was actually doing a, um inaugural e-leaders program with the National Rural Women's Coalition at that time, and it was an online learning program, which was fantastic for me living in an isolated place. And in 2012, the internet wasn't too bad then too. So um, I I got 25 young people from a boarding school in Sydney, uh, young boys, to come and have a week experience in the Hay District. And, you know, I said to them when they turned up, oh, so you're really keen to, because it was Year of the Farmers and it was, um, I said, are you keen to do ag and learn about farms? And they just went, nah, no, mum said we had to, mum and dad said we had to come and do it. It was when the Year 10 school certificate changed and they had to, um, they had sort of an extra week there. So they absolutely loved it. We did everything from them going to the one little one teacher school to, you know, having chocolate cake down by the river to, you know, being in a shearing shed, uh, seeing cropping, irrigation, the whole works in that one week. It was 45 degrees and I did have a few parents ringing up because they made the, the national news about what the weather was like. But um it was so well received and that and that's how we sort of started hay Inc. from um that happening in our hay community and then um a few of us got talking and that's how we we set that up but a lot of those young people probably didn't go into ag but they could be you know your next politician or your next um you know someone making big decisions of what happens in rural and regional australia and, and that little bit of learning that they got then can go a long way um and and understanding where their food comes from is so important yeah exactly and i think Within agriculture, everything seems to be such a long burn. And our our thinking, our approach is long-term as well when we're dealing with the environment and everything and looking at five-year average. Five's, five years is quite a long time in normal sort of business operations, retail as such. Um, but as farmers, we're just sort of adjusted quite well to that long-term thinking and having people getting it installed in with, in with them um, that – Red meat industry and any other industry within agriculture is actually quite valuable economically, but also for the community as well. We're playing our part within the environment. Um, GDP and everything like that it just teaches people um, unknowingly, I think, subtly. Yes, yes, exactly, subtly, um, that they can, yeah, what we are actually achieving in agriculture and um, and and. It's interesting with our Hay Inc. program, I get a lot of parents that'll ring up and say, you know, their child's really keen on agriculture. I don't know why. And is it a good career to go into? Because, you know, this drought, especially when the droughts was really bad in 2019, you know, is there going to be any jobs and stuff? And I said, well, we still need to eat and still need to wear clothes. So there's definitely going to be jobs. So, um, yeah, that whole perception of um, yeah, the industry, yeah, it, it, as you said, it's it, it changes sort of slowly or, or in a quick, quite quickly sometimes too. Yeah, there's a lot of like things to change around the language of what's used. Even like at school, if you were a kid and you were doing agriculture, it was like you just go out there to waste your time, waste your class or whatever. But now I think like that perception is changing to do with tech yep. and everything. Like the kids that are keen in tech. 10, 15 years ago, didn't have any 
opportunity to join agriculture using technology as well. But like on farm, I don't know how many points of tech that we use currently. Um, it's it's enormous currently. Yes, and I think I think um, as an industry and and through education um, in the Department of Education and things, we are getting getting that message through and and showing those careers too. But yes, it's not just you're just a farmer in on a farm, just a farmer. That that sentence that we don't like. Um, it's you know you there is so many different things you're doing that um, that makes it so so exciting. And yeah, the tech that you can implement into your into your farm as well and through agriculture is great. Yeah, it's only forever growing, whatever sort of things we can bring on farm throughout there and in the future. But this week, you've been down in Sydney, you've been advocating for red meat and everything that we do from the paddock to the office. How was that and what was what was it like to be down there talking to more so the metro, the shoppers, consumers? Well, it was it was so great. It was doing the red meat ambassador program was fantastic because it really um, gave me some learnings on how to engage with people, um, engage with the general public who may have a negative perception and negative ideas, um, and how to to get on that same emotional level. Uh, it was really interesting at the show. I felt it was sort of I came away with it as a feeling of I feel honoured that I can produce the beef and the lamb that you know these people are serving to their families every day. And there was discussions right through to, from you know it's expensive um, beef. We we struggle to feed the family with you know the cost of it and and had discussions around that to you know they're vegans that may have you know their opinions on things as well which is understanding but um it was great to see the families there too that uh were trying to teach their children too about where their meat came from and some um watched the video and probably perhaps found it a little confront confronting but their parents were fairly adamant that they wanted their young children to know about um, beef and lamb and things, and um, which was really great to see too. And it was really good to see a lot of school teachers coming up um, asking for um, some educational resources too, which MLA have to, to, to pass on, which was really interesting too. So, yeah, as a producer and living in a rural community, it's sort of talking to like-minded people, but when you actually go to the to the show and you see, you know, city people, um, it's really it's really an honour to think that you know we're producing you know the best quality meat that we can to to support these people. And you know, here on my own farm, I get to eat my own meat, um, and I don't have to to worry about where because I know exactly where it comes from. So. Um, I think you know it's it's a great opportunity to be able to actually go and talk um talk to these people. Yeah, absolutely, and probably gives you a bit of feedback as well um, from the consumer side of it, not directly about your beef that you produce, but about holistically what's going on in the red meat. Was there any questions that brought you unstuck, and did you bring that training into place? um yes there was the one about the expense of the meat um and then when we I sort of discussed with her some of the you know the the inputs pressures that as a producer that we're having at the same time and and you know obviously the whole uh, economy at the moment is is tough too and then uh yeah I think the training was really good because we got onto the same level then um and we had a really good long discussion about you know cooking and different cuts of meats and um you know what other options there are and and things like that so taking it down to sort of a you know a mum who has to cook for their kids um and 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 sharing the the health benefits of the beef too which and, and lamb which was something that they probably hadn't um taken on so 
Yeah, the learning I got from that red meat ambassador training was fantastic, and um, I may not have had the confidence to do the do the trade show if I hadn't done that. So I've, I've really appreciated that, and it's been really inspiring for me um, to put out there a bit more about what's happening on our farm. So I have set up a little social, couple of social accounts for that. I see, I see, and I'll drop them in the show notes too, so everyone else can follow along. But what I'm keen to know is, did you transition any vegans to the green side? I don't know. I don't think so. There was um one, I don't know. Um, you know, everyone has their opinion and, and there's reasonings for that, but um maybe they just had a little bit more education about it. But there was interesting, there was a family there and the, the father was obviously uh rather vegan and, and wanting, you know, to tell this little boy the the scary sides about, you know, what happens to the lands when they go, they get and and he was really keen on agriculture to this little boy uh and so we sort of I sort of twisted the conversation with him and started chatting to him about him and what he wants to do and he'd love to be on a farm and work on a farm and um yeah and then uh there was another lady there with him discussing you know options of what he could do when he gets older you know and go to a school that might offer agriculture and it was really nice to see you know a young city boy who's um really keen to to be in ag, but probably doesn't know the pathway, and um, and to put him in the point them in the right directions for that too. So, getting those young people um, engaged early, I think, is a really really good thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you must have navigated that one quite well, and you're working with that movable movable middle. Um, yes, yes, yes. Hope so. Putting it into practice, but for yourself, why is it so important for um, for us? as farmers, red meat producers, to advocate for our industry sectors and for the growth of our families, but also the future generations? Well, I think it's so important for us to to get the message out there to the broader um, general public. I mean, perceptions can sway government decisions, and we really saw that with what happened in the live export ban. And I I was... um, uh, involved in the Isolated Children's Parents Association at that time and at a conference up in Darwin and, and the impact that that had on families and, and um, industry up there was just immense. And, you know, I, I my passion now is to, you know, we need we need to let people know where their food comes from, how it's produced, and we need to be totally transparent and we need um, them, to, yeah, to get that understanding so that decisions aren't made that are going to affect industry um, and affect growth, growing of food and fibre that um, are detrimental because of lack of understanding and, and lack, of, lack of knowledge of, of what actually goes on. Absolutely. I think like those little bits always go back to saying subtly, um, they may not remember in the first instance, but they're just like, I, I have so many other things, not about farming directly, but that I remember from years back because that person took the time to actually tell me and educate me about a certain thing, like from my London days to whatever. It's just those sort of things in building up that rapport for the industry, but also for us as producers. Yeah, exactly. I did um I did use the training I got on the two Uber Ubers I had as two when I was in Sydney. So I had a little yarn to them and uh dis- and discussed the show to them too, actually. I think they didn't have much of an understanding of what opportunities were there and to see animals and things like that too. So I think Places like the Sydney Royal Easter Show are, are great, as you said, subtly way of, of educating as well. Um, the crowds that go through there and, you know, the opportunity then for, to get up close and personal with livestock is fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. Uber's quite good for being the guinea pig to start the conversation. 
other than how long you've been driving for Uber, mate. But it's all, <laughs> yeah. all very important. Now. I think, like, I was unsure of what was going on with the red meat program, but I think, like, to advocate for what we do, whether you want to break that down to your food group, sort of food group, animal group, livestock group, sheep, cattle, goats, pig, sort of stuff, um, not all red meat there. But, yeah. I'm really keen to sort of build that up as well for the audience. It's interesting though, because this podcast is just worrying about the internals and with that, I hope that the externals look a lot better. So working that alongside what Red Meat Ambassador Program is doing, I think that will go a long way in helping the industry out. Yes, absolutely. And and, and helping us as industry, yeah, farmers too to you know get those social skills as well to um to engage and, and the confidence to do it too because it can be pretty daunting um knowing am i putting the right thing up on my socials is this to being you know and and what happens if it's not and how to deal with that so that that has been given me the confidence to be a bit more out there with my own personal socials absolutely and sandra to round off this episode if you could ask the next guest a question on the podcast what would it be without knowing who that next guest is i had to think about this one lucky you gave that to me beforehand um i don't i guess i would say what's um what would be their long-term goal um to uh, well they're on their farm so or in their business is it, it what's their long-term goal what do, what are they trying to achieve um, that's what a question I would like to to ask them. That's a good one. So I'll have to listen in and see what they say. But for anyone listening at home, for a piece of farm's advice that you'd like someone to take away from this episode, what would that be? Is it about training, red meat program? What would that be? Um, so um, advice, I think it would be to to share your story, to be transparent, to uh, to get it out there, to engage with people. Um, we really don't, as an industry, have anything to hide. And but educating it in a um, intelligent and you know under, an, an understanding way. Um, you know, everyone has their different opinions, and and we need to be respectful of that. But I think you know sharing sharing what you do um, because it's great what we do on farms, and and it's so. Pr- positive um and showing that whole paddock to plate experience is so important so i think if other people are out there and wondering should they shouldn't they yeah get it out there get it out there on the socials talk to people any way you can i think we need to engage um you know with our schools as well getting involved with them um i think teachers are you know and that young generation is going to be you know where we need to to target as well and i think that that's happening now really well absolutely great piece of advice there for anyone following along, how can they contact you, Sandra, or follow you on social media? What's your handle? Okay, so um, there's a couple of things there. They can contact um, if they're interested in the Hay Inc. Rural Education Program, which uh, we hope young people are. So we're really, um, we take expressions of interest all year round and applications open in usually about October for the following year, starting in February. So we had like enrolments done by December. So that's hayinc.com.au and um, there's Hay Inc. on Instagram. Facebook and Twitter. Um, I have a personal Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. And that's Sandra Iro. And also now, um, after doing the Red Meat um, MLA Ambassador Program, I have started Livestock Life, which is um, Facebook and Instagram, Livestock Life One on Instagram and Livestock Life on 
Facebook. So um, we're only at the starting stage and I'm hoping my adult children will engage a bit more too when they're home and they can send some stuff. Uh, they're good at critiquing my posts, which is good, and editing. Uh, but, I, you know, I have a drone now too and um, taking a few cool photos with that and they seem to be uh, well-received um, um, online as well. So that's that's my socials. Okay. Well, Sandra, thank you so much for coming on to the Farms of Ice podcast. Great to get another advocate on here. Thanks, Jack. And it's um, I, I think what you're doing on your podcast is great and, and sharing what's happening on lots of um, farms all over Australia, which is really good. Absolutely. One episode at a time. Yes. Well done. Yep. This Farms Advice episode does not stop here. Come and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or TikTok and even join our Facebook group. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more on this episode and spread the hashtag Farms Advice to your mates. If you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that will let other farmers find us too. But until then, see you next Tuesday.